You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good good to be here. We're Is it? Yeah, it is good to be here. It's good to be here. It is good to be here. Yeah. Um, you know, not as much fun as last week, but no, hey, no. the show must go on, right? That's right. The show does go on we're here to I talk about say, does must go on does must <laughs> does must go on yes the show does must go on so yeah we're here for the seventh time this year bulldog hours seventh season we appreciate you all for joining us tonight previously and hopefully you'll stick with us through the rest of the 2021 season and beyond we appreciate everyone uh watching you know whether it's the live video version or if it's the podcast version after the fact and we also appreciate everyone's uh, kind words. We get usually every every game we have people say that, "Hey, we watched the show," or yeah. "Good, you know, thanks for doing the show, and whatnot." So we do appreciate that. And we've got two games to talk about: one that was played and one that's to be played. We're going to recap Wilson's loss at uh, Governor Mifflin and then preview the game this coming Friday at. Exeter, as long as Justin isn't destroying the studio in the process. I was thinking, so. I was like, I don't even know what what dropped there. Like, I knock stuff over pretty much every week, but I didn't even move, and I don't. I, I heard something. Just your presence so. is a, a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> it's just destructive. What else is new? Yeah, it's just not good. Just not good. Seven so. years of that. Well, actually, more, <laughs> well, may, way more, longer. More, right, yeah. if anyone has watched our the flagship show, the main yeah. show, where we talk about pro football and college football but speaking of college football before yeah. we get to the friday night football let's talk a little bit saturday football you know but i think I everyone I couldn't bring myself to change realizes <laughs> uh that we are huge penn state fans you've got the polo on right now to prove yeah. it yeah. and the biggest story surrounding a penn state from a wilson perspective is besides penn state getting the victory on the road at 12th ranked wisconsin 16 to 10 is Last year, uh, starting quarterback Caleb Brown for the Bulldogs, you know, he got the uh, preferred walk-on or run-on as Coach Franklin and college football has kind of, you know, trended towards calling them run-ons now. He made the travel roster, not only made the travel roster, got to play on special teams. Yeah. yeah. Uh, You know, we kind of were told that few days beforehand just right, we were to, given the heads up yeah to kind of look just for it. kind of you know wanted to get it out there let people know and obviously we have a lot of penn state fans that you know cross over in the wilson community we have a lot of penn state haters that cross over in the, the wilson community too <laughs> but that's okay <laughs> i think we can all be uh happy for and proud of caleb brown what he's been able to accomplish and not only caleb but also justin weller you know class of 2017 yeah. uh played on the 2016 uh, district three championship team at wilson he was also on the travel roster so both those guys you know wilson grads making a name for themselves getting some playing time and i know uh looking forward to them returning to happy valley next saturday yeah. for the penn state home opener against ball state so 
congratulations to uh, Justin and Caleb. And I posted a few uh, screen grabs of Caleb on, uh, when he was on the sidelines. I unfortunately didn't get any of when he was actually on the field playing on the special right. teams. But I had him talking to Jaquan Brisker, who had a huge play right. for uh, right. Penn State yesterday. I said, and I posted those. And people were very, very excited about the things I posted about Caleb. So I think I'll keep doing that. Right, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Um, it was pretty cool to see. You know, I know – in just kind of seeing some of the things that have been posted and stuff, it was kind of a, whirl, a whirlwind for him uh, since maybe right before the start of camp. And, um, you know, you, you never know, like, kind of where you're going to um, work to earn your spot. So, you know, the opportunity presented itself, and it, it would appear that he's making the most of it, which is uh, great. And I, w- I wouldn't say at all surprising, you know, to the people who have seen him at Wilson the last couple of years that he's, he's going to make the most of his opportunities. Um, you know, but still, you know, to there's there's a lot of guys. This it's not like a NFL roster where you only have fifty three guys, and then you that gets cut down on game days. So you have a lot of guys doing everything. You know, what there's eighty five scholarship players, right? You know, so you have eighty five scholarship spots, let alone all the other spots, and that can be distorted right now because of the eligibility extensions that they've offered, right? Uh, because of some of the COVID years. Mm-hmm. So like it. There are a lot of there are a lot of people on the roster, so to earn your spot there in in such a quick time is pretty awesome. Um, I, I said to you, I said to a couple of people that I've talked to about. I see, you know, I'd see him lining up for the for the pump block, and it's like number thirty, and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And then he's like out towards the edge, and I'm like, you know, that's kind of where I would expect him to be. And I'm like, that's awesome. It would be fantastic, you know, if he, you know, got in there and like disrupted a punt or something. But I'm like. Please don't hit the punter. Please don't hit the punter. Right. Like, yeah, you're, you're, just, you're excited and happy, right, but also right, nervous right. at the same time. Right. But it was it was awesome. It was it was cool to see him out there. Yeah. yeah so Caleb uh, playing the Penn State game yesterday, uh, very very cool. Also want to mention here um, another Penn State grad also making some plays yesterday in a collegiate game, and that would be Mason McElroy, uh, one of Justin Weller's teammates. Uh, Mason had a catch yesterday in Kutztown's victory to open the season. And uh, Mike Drago had a write-up about uh, his impact as well as the Boytown grab. Also having a, a touchdown for Kutztown, who is nationally ranked. I believe they're in the top 20. Yeah. Um, so another uh, solid season expected at Kutztown. And Mason McElroy is a huge part of it. So and definitely I, I know uh, we follow talked him about this it. year. We talked about it when Mike was here. But um, a great kind of um, a great piece on Mason from the off season and kind of, you know, kind of his motivation and decision to come back for, to good sound for and give it one more shot. So, um, you know, if, if you're interested in that, like I'm, I'm really happy for Mason and, it, and it's great to see him, uh, having success there as well, but it, you know, you can go over and, and have, uh, you can go over and read that story That would it, It's a great story. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely check out, uh, any of those write-ups you can from the, um, the plethora of uh, Berks County Scholastic Media, Mike Drago, Paul Roberts, Jim Berkman at Spotlight Berks, and you have the continuing coverage from the Reading Eagle. So there's a lot of places that you can read up about your Bulldogs past and present. All right, before we recap the game against Mifflin, let's take some time to uh, thank our sponsors. And once again, as always, the Bulldog Hour is presented by May's Sandwich Shop. And we thank my dad, Bill, for sponsoring us from the get-go. But he's not alone. Besides May's Sandwich Shop, we want to thank CNS Supply Company. 
Andy Herr and Marty Palm, and our three anonymous donors who have been with us for many, many years now, and we appreciate their contributions, their ongoing contributions to the Bulldog Hour. If you would like to support the show, besides sponsorships, advertising, and the in-kind donations, we do ask you that you visit bulldoghour.com for all your information, not just on the show, but on the Wilson football team and the happenings surrounding the program, events coming up on game nights, other ways that you can help the program. Check out bulldoghour.com. And then Justin's favorite, like and share. So anything we post, make sure you uh, give it a like, spread it around, let people know what's happening with us and the football team. We'll be back in one week's time. Same time, same places, September 12th, 8.30, and we'll recap the game against Exeter and preview the game against Martin Luther King. That one is on Friday, September 17th, back at Gursky. That is the next home game. Not this coming Friday, the Friday after. So just to remind everyone we're at on the schedule there, um, we're down working towards Friday 9-10, which is the game at Exeter. And, uh, you know, we're quickly approaching halfway through that schedule. That, well, that's, believe it or not. That's what been, I was going to say to you. Like, it's it's crazy. Like We're only two yeah. games in, but season goes fast. Right. But when you count the scrimmage, we're three, like, three weekends in, you know, and, you know, you're only guaranteed the 11, right. you know, weekend. So, um, it's just, it's kind of crazy like that. No, we're, absolutely. We're that, that much through the season, especially because it's it's Labor Day weekend now. You know, like I know it's just week two, like you said, but when when you add those other pieces, it in, goes it, so it, fast. Yeah, it goes really well, fast. Like the way I mean, it, it goes even faster when you talk about us at West. Like we already did. We're only two weeks in, but we only get ten weeks. So like when we tell the kids at the end of this week, we're at week three. There's only ten. They. they by the time we end week four, we've played one game, and we're like, you know, you're almost ha- like you're basically halfway through the year. And they're right. like, but we've only played one game. We're like, yeah, but right. So you add in the weeks of practice up, right. leading into the stuff, yeah. So it, it goes. It's super fast, and hopefully everyone's uh, enjoying it, enjoying the ride, taking advantage of all the opportunities, and and having fun. So um, I think that's pretty much it for the introductory stuff. Let's get to the the main topic of discussion which is the game from Friday night in Shillington against Governor Mifflin. And as we mentioned kind of at the, the beginning of the show, uh, things didn't go Wilson's way Friday evening again against the Mustangs. Uh, Wilson lost to Governor Mifflin 42-14 uh, to 14, a year after losing to them at Gursky 48-7. to 7. So Wilson on a bit of a losing streak to the rival Mustangs, not something that we can say has happened all that frequently over the last two decades or so. Uh, but Mifflin has one one strong team again a year after having what people thought was their best team in their program history. They have one that is at a minimum competing with it. And some think, and we thought at the time, maybe have been hyperbole, but could even be better. It's tough for me to wrap my head around that. One, because it's still early. But two, you lose guys like Brandon Strasser and Cameron Stewart. Those were big-time playmakers. They lost a whole bunch of guys' bodies on, on the lines in the trenches. But Friday night, it didn't, it didn't really make much of a difference. It no. seemed like the same team 
as last year. Yeah, and um, it wasn't. It didn't play out exactly the same, um, but it did. It did feel very similar, didn't it? If, um, and like you said, it, it's hard to see. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I mentioned it last week. Like that final I, score is think, wrong. I'm not sure what's right, going on I think, there. But I think Mike might have talked about it when we had him in on the interview, or maybe it was Paul. Um, but like the Mifflin team, actually, it might have been Paul when we were talking about previewing Mifflin. Um, you know, that Mifflin team last year was a couple plays away from playing for a state title game that they probably win. Um, right. And um, it's interesting because with Mike, we also talked about the 2018, which in my opinion is that team for Wilson, like right. a couple plays away from being the state champion. Yep. Um, but anyway, it, it's interesting because like you said, I, I know they, I know they lost some of those key pieces. Um, I, I feel like, We'll have to wait and kind of see how the season goes for them. But, like, I don't – I don't know. I don't see them losing anytime soon. Yeah. And, and Nick, well, they're not and, losing and, in and, and Nick Singleton is better this year than he was last year, and he was great last year. But And, and his numbers – he had crazy numbers last year. But, like, I, just watching him, like, man, when they get him and, – and here's the thing. So they, they line him up, like, deep in the backfield – and I, and I know Dom's talked about this in a couple of the interviews about like the different formation they use, but when he, he seems to hit the line of scrimmage, never running towards the sideline, always running towards the end zone. Right. Which is bad. And news. if he's doing that, there are few and far between like high school guys that are going to be able to stop him. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and he's a combination of speed and power. And like you and I mentioned before, and I keep telling myself this over and over and over again now, like, great. Let him have an awesome year and continue it at Penn State. <laughs> like, right. Uh, to kind of go back to what we said before. I, you know, but I, I feel like, um, yeah, like, I, I don't know. I am, I'm not a, a scout by any means, but like when I watched him this year, it just seemed different than watching him last year. Um, which and, is interesting because last year he had a better statistical game against Wilson than he did this year. And that kind of brings me to my biggest takeaway from this game is last year they could hit you with Brandon Strasser from the fullback role. And they did that a lot. And I, I still maintain that I think Strasser was a bigger reason for our defeat last year than Singleton. Singleton had the big flashy runs and he's the big name prospect, but thought Strausser from his fullback spot and even more specifically his linebacker spot was a bigger game changer last year. He's gone this year, but they still had a dynamic trio in the backfield with Eden Johnson at quarterback, Trey Rock now the new fullback, and then Singleton at one of the wings with, I believe Aiden Martin was the other one. I mean, that that foursome right there for their best players, maybe their four best players, all in the backfield. Right. We were not concerned. We were hopeful that they couldn't replace the trenches and that would make things a little bit easier, but their, their, their trench guys, they were up to the task and they opened holes for the four of them. And really for most of the first half, it was Eden Johnson and Trey rock making the plays and then they Singleton got loose on that one, I think, 30-plus yard uh, touchdown right. after, was it a fumble? I think when Wilson fumbled, Singleton got the touchdown there. I mean, at the end of the first quarter, it was 20 to nothing. It was 28 nothing at halftime. 
I, I talked on the halftime show of the the production of the game done, you know, by by Bruce and Carrie on uh, SportsStream Premium Network, part of uh, EasternPAFootball.com. But you know, the football coaching cliches come up. You got to win the battle in the trenches. You can't. You well, can't, there's a reason they're cliches, and it's because those phrases true. have been around for so long because they tend to be true. Right, they're accurate. You can't. <clears throat> you have to win the battle on the offensive and defensive line. You cannot turn the ball over. You have to be good on special teams so that you don't give your opponent short field. None of that went Wilson's way. Right. It, it was just it was mental or physical mistake after another. We normally talk about it like. You generally have to win two-thirds of the game if you look at offense, defense, special teams. You usually have to win two-thirds. There are obviously exceptions. You could – well, yeah. There are, there are obviously exceptions. That, like you, that you end can, up being lucky. You right, almost end up being right, lucky. You can win the game, but it, you, 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 make it you harder need to win two. And if you win all three, you should win the game. It doesn't mean you will. Right, but you, you crazy should things be. happen right all because the time. We, we've all seen games, and I this is even outside of Wilson, but I've seen games where like there's no reason a team should right. Have won you feel like did. the better team didn't necessarily win, but they didn't do enough to win, you know, and and so that happens sometimes. I'm not saying that's what this was on Friday night, like no, the, just the, putting it out there that it, it does occur, right? But like I can't really pick any one of those that Wilson. I would say Wilson won on on Friday night, you know, like, um, it wasn't like there was, so like the special teams, we talk about the short field, but uh, you know, a lot of times, yeah, yeah, we didn't, you know, necessarily weren't able to flip the field a lot on them, but even the times where we were moving the ball a little bit, then we had like turnovers Some, and yeah, things like that or penalty. Right. And turnover. so like, it kind of brings it back. So, you know, if, if we're, if well, we're punting from like inside our own 10, well, you've lost the chance to flip the field. You you're, had, like, you're not going to flip the field on that in high school. I, I have no idea if the outcome of the game would have changed. But to me, the I don't want to say turning point, but the point of like absolute deflation was after Cam Jones had that great kickoff return when Wilson was down 14 nothing, mm-hmm. and Wilson came away with with nothing. They had the right. ball deep in Mifflin territory. You had the chance to you know score at least get some points, if not score and cut the lead in half. Right. And they ended up getting pushed back because penalties. And then uh, I believe the drive ended was it a turnover? I think was that so. A, a fumble or it might? I think it ended with an, an interception, right. a, a diving interception, I believe, by Nick Singleton. Yeah. So, so like I yeah I look at it. What I think what do we we did we have. Two drive, even with the offensive struggles, I did we have two like drive stall out in the in the red zone in the first half? I, I, I think I, we did. Um, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I, I, I don't know if like, we got to the red zone like both did. times, but um, and it just you know that that's that you know, it's just not gonna, yeah. Because because Cam was to the left of the press from the press box, you is left, and there was also one down towards the right. Okay, yeah, we're, you we're said right. first half. I was thinking Sorry. first quarter. I, no, I think, right. and I think that was both in the first half. But like, you know, but again, it, some of that, like, I look at some of the struggles. Like last week, I felt like a lot of, and we talked about this on the show. A lot of the things were like, oh, we need to clean this up, clean up. But it was a lot of self-inflicted stuff. And while there's a lot of self-inflicted stuff, some of it was just maybe they they got the better of it. Right. You know I, I mean, mean, like. Their, their you know, scheme worked out. Their players were right. good. And it, sometimes it's all on you, and sometimes they make a good play. And, right. You know, it's right. You got to figure out: can you correct everything that went wrong? 
Right. And, and Obviously, I'm sure the coaches and the players will tell you they didn't play their best game. You know what? I, I'm pretty sure I said this after last year's. Like, well, and maybe I was wrong on their end. I, You know, I think after last year's game, I said, like, I don't know that Mifflin is that good and that we are that bad. I think Mifflin was that good last year, but we were certainly not that bad. It was a com- oh, yeah. It was a combination of lots of different factors, and I think it's a similar thing this year. I, I don't think – I think we're better than what we were able to show on Friday night. Well, I think – But, like, here's the thing. Like, yeah, okay, all right. Like, that's that's over with now, and I'm not trying to, like, put this to rest here. If there's more things we need to talk about about it, we, we will. But, like, okay, we can't let that one loss become – a bigger issue for the whole season. It's over with. It's done with you. Mifflin's five a. So like you will not play them again this year. It does not matter. Right. It's over with. You're right. done. So You're done like Mifflin for you the need year. to move on. You need to start focusing starting today. Right. Start focusing on Exeter. Start working on the things that we still need to improve and handle business this week. So back to, to the book of coach speak. You're not, as good as you think you are when you win and you're not as bad as you think you are when you lose. The the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Preparation matters. Got to get back to it. Got to work. Got to have a good week of practice and get ready for another road battle in Burks against a team that wants to beat you just as bad as Mifflin did. Oh, right. And we're going to get to the Exeter Eagles there at the end of the show. But it's, it's funny you bring that up because I used to preach that all the time. This is going in the way back machine. Like when I was coaching water polo, polo I would always tell the kids, like, you got to ride your highs and your lows. You can't get too high, can't get too low. I want you to play with emotion. Like, I don't want you to be a robot out there, but like, you got to, you can't get too high because it's, you're going to have points where it's low. And it's, we talked about how it's a quick season, but it, it's also a long season. And you can't get too high, you can't get too low. You got to kind of keep striding on. And a f- former, I don't, I guess, was it West? Mac Inter, like mm-hmm. football. Yep. He now does like triathlons and stuff. And he had kind of reached out to his polo coaches, like asking, he's like, what was it? How did you guys exactly phrase that? Cause he was trying to like work on his mental aspect of his preparation. And um, he did really well a couple weeks ago. Uh, but, it's that idea. And, you know, obviously it's, it's emotional and it's tough cause you pour it all out there, but you know, it stinks to lose and no one wants to lose and no one wants to lose the Mifflin, but it happened. It's over with, it's done with, you got to move on. Absolutely. So before, before we move on and finish up talking about the Wilson Mifflin game, two things, I just want to talk here about Mifflin's schedule the rest of the way because I don't see how they're going to lose unless they get too overconfident and aren't prepared for a team but they go to Cocalico next week Cocalico is not as strong as it have been in recent years Um, even with Ryan Brubaker there on the line I I still think Mifflin's got that one then host Cedarcrest Cedarcrest is not that strong this year we we meet them later in the season. Then they get Episcopal Academy. I don't know anything about right, them. So that that'll be a weird one because I don't know. It's on the road, but right. I don't know anything about right. them. But right, because I haven't heard anything about them, I feel like Mifflin's probably going to be the better team. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It but, could be a weird one because there could be guys there that like. Yeah, that's a school that can draw from all over Southeast PA slash Delaware slash. You know, it's one of those. Um, yeah, again, this is one of those I know about Episcopal just from their water polo stuff. Yeah, beautiful, so, beautiful pool, <laughs> beautiful they, campus. Uh, they used to be it used to be in the city, and then they just built a brand new campus out on the main line. Um, hey, we're just gonna do this. No big deal, right? Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, then they host Reading. That's a win. Go to Exeter. Going to be a, a, a probably a tough right. game. Right, and, and we haven't favor seen Mifflin. Exeter in person, but like even if Exeter, well, Exeter is very good. Oh yeah, Exeter's Exeter very Exeter's good. Exeter is very good, but like that Mifflin team is going to present problems for lots of teams. I, I would have to give the edge to Mifflin. Right. Same thing yeah. for for Muhlenberg. Daniel Boone and Burke's Catholic. Maybe in previous years, Burke's Catholic would be able to give them more fight. Burke's Catholic just lost to Central Dolphin this past Friday night. So, I mean, I don't think there's any game on there that Mifflin wouldn't be favored to to win. Correct. So, you got to expect the... And honestly, I don't know that that has changed since the start of the season. You know, like, so... True. No, I I think you're right. So, um, all right. Last thing to discuss from... The game against Mifflin is our player of the game. And that, you know, we were, we were up for discussion last week. We went with Gannon for his uh, his his play in the uh, the key moments of the game. He came up with some big plays. Literally everywhere. Uh, yeah, re- relief at quarterback, uh, huge on special teams. And, you know, the some of the biggest moments he, he was in there. And he was our player of the game last week. This week, I think we went a little bit more traditional. Uh, really going by a two-way performer and someone that was able to make a dent in the stats pages. Right. So, and it's someone that we mentioned last week would obviously eventually be a player of the game. There was no way he'd get through the entire season without being a player of the game if this Wilson team wants to do something. And that's senior running back linebacker Jaden Jones. He had 16 rushes for 71 yards and two touchdowns. Both of Wilson's touchdowns came from Jaden. Two catches for eight yards. He contributed three tackles on defense, and he did make that one fumble recovery earlier in the game. So, um, yeah, so Jaden is our player of the game for this week. And it's, it's the Wilson highlights from Friday night Jaden was was a part of. So I think it was a pretty, a pretty obvious choice for us there. I don't know what other direction we could possibly go. There were a few players that had uh, moments and highlights here and there, but Jaden was the most consistent performer, uh, which was reflected in the stat sheet. Uh, that early fumble recovery you would hope were, was going right, to change right. momentum. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way, but that was that was a big moment. And then he was able to get in the end zone twice at the end of the game uh, as we watch some more of the Wilson Mifflin film from Friday night. Um, I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about Jaden's performance or the Wilson Mifflin game? No. Uh, while while it obviously wasn't how I would have liked it to have gone, um, I did like that they they kept battling. They didn't. There's the fumble there's recovery. There's a fumble recovery. Yeah. Um, that they didn't give up. They didn't. You know. They kept battling even when the outcome had been determined. Does that make sense? So like, and and that's a hard thing to do. It's hard to be mentally tough enough to keep going out there and keep playing and keep playing hard and instead of just going through the motions. Right. Um, and I think that's good. And I think that's, that's important for this team as we continue on through the season, right? Like, you know, um, it's, it's important because, um, you can't let week two determine your whole season. You no, know, like, and, and and even even last year with week one and what was it one of seven weeks seven weeks. Yeah, um, we couldn't let one week determine our season last year. At one last year after the Wilson loss, they had to play their biggest game of the season. Right, with and without our top three guys. Right, like 
you know, at least going into the season. And so, like, you look at it, you know. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's hard, have to, it's hard have to be to like, respond. oh, look at the positives. But, right. like, you know, I would say in terms of, like, having having a bad hand dealt your way, it was much worse last year. You know, like, there's I, I said this to you on Friday night when we were walking and then waiting for traffic to die down before we come back so we could go stand in a huge line at Sheets. Yes. Um, but we saw, like, there, there's only one, one, only one of the goals. I mean, I don't officially know what their goals were, but, like, there's only one of their goals that, in theory, would be off the table right now, and that would be Mifflin. Like that—that's the only goal that—that's off the table. Right. The goals of win the and, section, the goals of make the districts, and the goals of all of the all goals those things, in like the grand there. scheme of things. That's the smallest because right. it's one game. It, it's the emotional one. It's maybe the most emotional. It's the one, one that, but like th- that you'll always talk about with right. your graduating, graduating class or the classes nearby because they will always be the if backyard. If you check rival. some of those other boxes, then then you start to put it in perspective right. a little bit more. But those things only happen if you if you continue on and. Yeah, you make progress throughout the season, and don't let week two define your season. You, yeah, you can't you can't give up, and that I mean, we talked to a bunch of the the senior players, guys that we had at West four years ago, and just said, "Hey, you know this is unfortunate. It's not what you wanted, but you still have eight, you're guaranteed. Well, I hope eight more games." Right? Yeah, you know? I said like, that like I shouldn't, but yeah, you the plan is for at least eight more games. That, that's and- that is the hope. That is the plan. Starts this week. At Exeter, you got two more non-league after Exeter, and then you start a Lancaster Lebanon League Section One schedule with just five games. Going into the season, we weren't quite sure where everyone was going to be. The expectations were that it would still probably be Township competing with Wilson, Hempfield maybe right behind them, but the unknowns: Cedarcrest, Penn Manor, McCaskey. After two weeks. And it's still early. It seems like the LL is down this year, just based on results early in the season. Now, maybe some of the opponents that beat some of the LL teams are just having a really good year. You know, maybe it's similar to a Mifflin thing where they're just having a great run. This is, you know, maybe Dallas Town has a really good team this year because they just beat Mannheim Township in week two. That was a week after Hemfield beat Dallas Town. <laughs> so right. I don't know. But it's, then Hempfield lost to, to Manheim Central. Hempfield right? lost Who, to Manheim Central. Central is also on our schedule, it's but also not on, in right. Section One. And Manheim Central destroyed Cumberland Valley in Week One. Right. So there's all kinds of moving parts there. Penn Manor beat Conestoga Valley in Week One. Got destroyed by Lampeter Stroudsburg in Week Two. McCaskey um, beat Redding. In beat week Redding one. in Week One and then got destroyed by York in Week Two. Nice. Um, Cedarcrest beat Lebanon in Week One. I don't know what see, happened in Week Two. Up, for did them, you see so. the the Redding kid scored five touchdowns? Yeah, five, five different ways. ways. Yeah, that's Desha- unbelievable. We'll mention him because his last name is Wilson. So Deshaun Wilson, <laughs> yes, five touchdowns, five different ways. I know Mike Drago has a write up on his on his website, right. MikeDragoSports.com. So if you're a subscriber there, um, go check that out because it's an incredible feat. Um, I have not gotten to read the article yet. I want to because I want to know if Mike knows if that's happened in Burke's football before. I feel right. like it's got to be pretty rare. So I, 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 right. I got to jump on and read that. Um, so, yeah, interesting thing. It's, it is early for these teams, but this, the section championship is still absolutely in play. We haven't even started those league games yet. That, that's got to be your focus. But you also want to be thinking about those district playoff seedings. Right. 
So you have to win these non-league games too. Right. And you don't want to unravel because of a loss early in the season. There's too much left to play for. So, and I'm sure, you know, we already heard Coach Doms mention that Friday night. At the post-game huddle was all about, this is one game. There are bigger things to achieve. We've got to refocus and work towards that next goal. And it starts with beating Exeter this week. Right. And I, I know last season didn't end the way anyone would have liked it to in terms of the whole playoff scenario and everything like that. But, you know, and we've had this discussion many times. If after week one last year, if you would have said, this team's going to go six and one, they're going to win the rest of their games. Right. After losing 48 like, to seven to Mifflin. There, you know, I think there would have been a lot of people who are like, uh, I don't think so. You know, and this team, you know, they have the win over CD under their belt, you know, so we've seen some more positives out of them. Time to regroup, time to move on, and on to the next one. Right. And the next one's not an easy one. No, <laughs> no. You know, we talked about last week with Paul Roberts. He was at the Exeter Central York game. Exeter gave Central York, you know, the defending PIAA 6A runner-up, the defending 6A District 3 champion, just have, you know, Penn State quarterback recruit on their team. Yeah. Gave Exeter gave them all they could handle and right. finally I, fell thirty five to twenty eight. But, right, but Exeter had the ball had, inside the ten. Exeter had the ball, I believe, at the eight yard line at the yeah. end of the game. They missed, I think, a couple field goals. They had a few turnovers in right. Century York territory, so it wasn't a crisp, clean game from Exeter. Or we could be staring at a team that's two and zero because Exeter, after losing to Central York last week, regrouped in a big way to beat Boyertown fifty six to eight. Yeah, and Boyertown won their week one matchup. Yeah. So, like, yeah. yeah. You, um, you look at it. Boyertown, who did they play in week one? I, 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 I know. Uh, Upper uh, Perk. Boyertown yeah. beat Upper, Upper Perky Omen 35-12 to in week one. Uh, now, Boy, Boyertown fell extra 56-8. All Boyertown gets to do now is play at Why Missing this Saturday. So, you know, easy, easy schedule. Easy, after Why Missing, one. After, laid it on Pottsville. Yeah. Ooh, what a game that was for, for Y Missing. Yeah. Excellent, excellent game for Y Missing. So, yeah, Exeter uh, really took it to Boyertown, fifty-six to eight. Um, well, they've got they've got the weapons everywhere. That's all. Well, that's what we've heard. And they they got it done by and large on the ground. Um, according to the statistics that we have access right. to, their senior quarterback Colin Payne was six of eight for well, two hundred and twenty-five yards. Well, I think Paul mentioned that last week. Like he's not afraid to like he's a good athlete. And he's not afraid to like take it and or keep it and he averaged large chunks of ground 37 and a half yards that's hard to do per per completion 37 and a half yards wow two touchdowns one of them was an 88 yarder um but they ran the ball 38 times and uh a lot of the running was done by guys that Paul didn't talk about last week. Well, some of that may have been how quickly were they up. Like, right. So they may have been running a lot in the second half. Right. I like believe that. their main running back may not have played, or if he did, he didn't get the ball. Isn't, wasn't it Nagle? Nangle? No, he said the name last yeah, week. It's not on the stat sheet here, so I forget what his name is. But Tyler Yoakum's also one of the running backs. He had three carries for 23 yards, and two of them went for touchdowns. Um, they scored six times on the ground, two from Yoakum, two from Cabron Woody, who's a senior. He had the bulk of the yardage, over 100. And, uh, yeah, they just had a, had quite the game. You know, only six receptions total. Two of them went to Schlaufer. Two of them went to Strauss. One of them for a touchdown to Strauss. So, you know, 
another good performance. They didn't need a lot from their big guys, not like they did the week before at Central York, but um, they got it done when they needed to and how they needed to from a lot of people. So, um, one wow, one of their defenders, let's see, uh, Junior Lucas Plange had five tackles for loss. That That's quite the night at the office to have five tackles for loss in, in one game. So uh, he's wrecking some havoc for Exeter against Boyertown. So he's another guy you're going to want to keep an eye on, number 55. So we'll see. But that's uh, that's the game at Exeter this Friday night. So at Don Thomas Stadium, the Bulldogs travel there. I believe they traveled to Exeter for the first time since 2006. I believe so, yeah. Um, and that game was a where's my uh, where, I don't remember where I put my stat sheet. I think it was 38 to nothing. I could be flip-flopping these. Um Wilson 6 and 0 all time against Exeter. Haven't played them since 2007. In 2006 Wilson believe, beat them I believe 38 nothing and then in 2007 at Gursky Wilson beat them 35 nothing. I could have those scores flip-flop. But anyways, it was 73 nothing over 2 years the last time these two teams met. But as Paul Roberts mentioned last week on the show and has mentioned since the games ended Friday night, this is in a completely different era of Exeter football. None of these kids on, on the teams were even in school when the when the last time these two teams played. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> they were they were like one or two years old the yeah. last time yes. the, the two teams got to play. So uh, a lot at stake. For both teams, sitting at one and one after two weeks, obviously Exeter needs to keep winning games to uh, get good district seating for their 5A slot, and Wilson wants to do the same thing in 6A. So, I don't know. I, I It'll be interesting to, to see what happens. You know, we have played... The, both middle schools have been playing Exeter a lot over the last few years. We got to see some of these guys when they were younger, so it'll be interesting to see now that you know they're two, three, four years older and have been in a, a high school um, football weight training, weight training and conditioning program, and see with our own eyes the the hype that a lot of these Exeter athletes are getting. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's one of those you, you hit it. I think the key going into it is, and I, I don't. Nangle, I don't think our Nangle guys, running, running back. Eric I don't Nangle. think our guys will will be in that spot, but you know how people like. There's people who have been to every Wilson game for you know however long, you know, minus last year, and like you know, I think getting the message across to, to some of those people that no, this is not like Paul said, this is not the extra teams that you remember. Um, like this is these guys are really good. And so it's, I think it's going to present a different challenge than Mifflin did this past week, but a, yeah. a big challenge nonetheless. But like we mentioned, I am confident that Wilson, that, that we can put it together better than we did on Friday night. Um, does that make sense? So yeah. like, um, and I, I'm interested to see what this team looks like when they do put it all together. Cause I think I feel like we got glimpses of it in in week one, um, but then you know there were lots of things like penalties and things like that that kind of got in the way. And in week two, things kind of got off the rails quickly, um, and so you never really got to see it. But you got to see late that the, you know that that fight and resolve were there. Um, but then I I hope that they can kind of take that and and get it 
into some momentum going into week two or sorry, into week three, um, to kind of really start to build and, and start to see what this team is, is going to be as the weeks go by. Right. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have a lot else to say about the Mifflin game or the Exeter game. I was just looking back at some of the stats from the Mifflin game, and we ended up having the ball longer than Mifflin, which is tough to fathom, tough to wrap my head around because it didn't feel that way at times. And I'm sure that maybe got changed in the second half with the running clock at times. That's right. And also like, I don't know, I don't think this is on the stat sheet, but like the average starting position. Yeah. Like, that was the big, like, especially in the first half. That right. was huge. That was, that was absolutely huge. Right. So because of that, you know, like, you know, when you're, when you're ripping off, cause it, it's not like they had like last year, I felt like they had some huge, like long plays and maybe not, I could just be remembering it wrong and tried to erase it from my memory for <laughs> all I know. But like this year they had some, but like, you know, it was like 30 some yard. It wasn't like 80 yard touchdown, you know, anything like that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, you you said it. They they had a number of guys that kind of caused us trouble early on, and we weren't really able to get our what we wanted to do. We weren't able to get that rolling really on either side of the ball, and um, it's a bad combination. Yeah, it's almost they sort of used Singleton as a quasi decoy of, hey, we're gonna throw other things at you and save Nick for a few plays here and there. And then we know we can go to him. Right. If we kind of like, kind of like, we know you're going to be looking to take that away. Right. So we're going to maybe, which, which you have of, to do. Like, right. To be honest, like that's what you have make to do. Teams you have to make the, multiple you players. have to make the other guys beat you too. Like you, you have to let the other guys beat you. Unfortunately they did. Right. <laughs> um, so Wilson was two of 13 on third downs too. Couldn't, yeah. couldn't, couldn't keep drives alive. Um, just, just a whole lot of things came together for a, a, a dismal night in, in Shillington. And uh, Wilson will look to regroup this year with Exeter and the rest of the season. And then, uh, you know, I'm sure it will not be lost on the, the players. And if so, the coaching staff will remind that next year's seniors will have never beaten Mifflin. So, yeah. you know, that'll be a motivating factor. So it's it's been a long time since a... Wilson graduating yeah, class didn't defeat the Mustangs. And I know Mifflin won three games in a row in, um, I believe it was 06, 07, but that included a playoff game. Right. So every three-year class at least got a win against the Mustangs. Because it, was it 07 where we lost them twice? No, it was 06. Because okay. I saw the 06. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. 06 was like 14-12, like the first game of the year. And then the playoff game, the district semifinals, okay. it was, they beat us big time. All okay. right. So, that was 06. And then lost to them to start the 07 season. So right. it was three okay. losses to Mifflin in the calendar year. Right. I just remember in the fall of 07 was when I was in Puerto Rico. And my roommate down there was a Mifflin grad. And he mm, was, it's unfortunate. He's letting me have it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he was. Yeah. And at the time, like, I really didn't have anything. I, you know, like, what am I going to say? Right. Yeah, there is not there's not much you can especially say. Especially me. So. Like especially like what what am I going to say? So I shouldn't say. It wasn't like he was being unreasonable. Like it just like right. it came up in conversation and I had had enough of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't engage. Right. right? Don't engage. So well, I don't know. I don't I don't have anything else to to add to any of these games. Yeah, I don't, it's I don't uh, well, 
we if you want even more in-depth preview of Exeter, listen to last week's show with Paul because right. we let him lose at the end of the show to talk about Exeter because right. he's been there and has seen it. So yeah, if you'd and, like to hear and again, more names site, and everything. I know we've talked about Mike's site and a couple of the stories that are there, but Paul, I saw him getting you know interviews. I think he interviewed Singleton on – actually, I know he interviewed Singleton. Um, you know, Singleton set the touchdown record, like the county touchdown record um, from from Iggy. Um, yeah, he now has 80 career touchdowns. Right. And, okay, like – has a legit shot at a hundred, right? Well, yeah, I mean, at least eight, eight regular eight, eight season games, games left. He like, needs twenty, right? You know, that's so like two to three a game, like but that doesn't right. count two playoff and a half, games. Two and a half a game, not counting playoff games. There's some. I don't. I don't know if there's a there, game where he only gets two, and there's going to be somewhere he gets four or some, five. There's some games on there he can get four or five again. So right. So I, I think hundred could be the the mark there. That's going to be just, a, that's insane in that, four that's years. Insane. Yeah, that's insane in four in four years. So yeah, uh, you're you're definitely I think looking at triple digits touchdowns for him. It, it it's the thing I always think about because people always talk about you know generational talents. They don't come around often. You don't see it that often. Mm-hmm. A lot of these records don't get broken that often. My immediate thought is. When are we going to see the next person that can match that or come close to it? Because it's, it's exciting. Let's just like, say it to gets think to about someone like someone that. Someone who can average 25 touchdowns a year. When you're only guaranteed at this point 10 games. I don't that I don't see it happening. Now, now here's the thing. If you got a kid that put up crazy numbers, but to do it over 4 years like because here's the thing like you you have to be good, too. Like your your team has to be good, right? You have to obviously have the, you have to be good. You have like, to have those your guys team around has you to be too. Good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's why it's so it, tough. It's that's why these it's records usually stick around for a right. while. Now Iggy set his in 2017, and right. now Singleton broke it four years later. So they didn't even overlap, <laughs> right? Right. Because <laughs> we were facing off against Singleton with our Wilson West kids right. four years ago. So, you know. Doesn't take that long. Just no. an up and comer here and there burst onto the scene. So, yep, that's it. That's it for me. Unless yeah. you got anything? No, I, I've I've got nothing. So you're not <laughs> on a sugar rush from eating that dessert before we started the show. That dessert was, <laughs> yeah, was uh, celebrating was, was my good. my wife's birthday, but, and Justin came over at the opportune time of dessert. Just yeah. happened to be on the yeah. table. And he's like, "Do you want some?" And my my head was telling me no. <laughs> But my heart and stomach told me yes, and so I had some, and I don't regret it for a second. And it was worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, yeah, I think that's it for us then. Sorry the show's a little shorter this week. Hopefully we can make up for it next week. Yeah, hopefully we'll have some interviews next week. <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll get to talk to the coaches, some players. We, we joked with Paul about that last week. <laughs> yeah, so. so we said we'll let you talk to I, – I honestly, I don't know if he did talk to any Wilson people uh, Friday night. I know no. uh, the lines were long to talk to Singleton and a few others, and I know that Paul caught up with them. But I believe the uh, the media junket will be back at Exeter this week. I am so. sure. I am <laughs> and sure. The Exeter game will also be streamed. I don't have any information. You know, any All the road games are done by the host school. So I put out the information as I receive it or see it. I did contact or had the help um, from Drew Kaufman at the athletic director's office of contacting all the schools hosting Wilson football games this year. And all of them got back to, to Drew and me that 
yes, each school would be streaming the football game in some capacity, which meant that I didn't have to take any equipment and do it from an iPad on the sideline. I do not know how Exeter is handling it. I do do not know if it'll be free. I don't know if it's on YouTube. I don't know any of that info yet. As I get that info this week, I will be sure to post it on all the social media channels. So check out Wilson Bulldogs or Wilson Bulldogs Football on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for that information. But that's it for us this week. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us recap the Mifflin Game and preview Exeter. We'll be back in one week's time. So until next time, remember, go go Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.